Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Good afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, this is an interesting podcast that we've been talking about doing for a long time. It's called Birding by Ear in the Southwest, and this is going to be part one. So Cheryl and I are here today to help you learn a little about how to identify birds by ear. So finding an audio guide to birding in the Southwest was difficult for us when we decided to do this series of podcasts with bird calls and songs. So we decided to do this podcast with bird calls and songs to help our listeners identify birds by ear. This will be an interactive podcast, so take a moment to grab your ID guide, whether it's a book, a quick guide, or an app. Pause us now and go get it and have it ready to flip through to the picture of each bird. We're recommending that you do this because pairing the picture of the bird with the sound will cement it in your brain. It works. It does work. It will help you to, when you go outside, you're like, oh, I know what that is. So we're going to do six birds in this first part one. And we're gonna start off with Cheryl. And I have the cactus wren. We're starting off with, with the Arizona state bird, the cactus wren. Find your picture, take a good look while we play the sound of their call. This is a large wren with distinctive coloring. The head sports a rusty brown cap above a thick white eye stripe. Indicative of wrens in general, the beak is slightly curved. Their back and wing feathers are streaked white and brown with a black spotted breast and tan underbelly. Long legs help them run quickly on the ground. They're adorable. Mm -hmm. It is the largest wren in North America and can be found from western Texas, I didn't know that, mm -hmm. south through southern New Mexico, southern Arizona, and southern Nevada, to southeastern California and down into Mexico. They favor arid and semi-arid desert habitat with abundant cactus, spiny trees, shrubs, and high desert temperatures. You can attract them to your yard by offering suet, and we recommend a no-melt dough because of the high temperatures found in their areas. They will eat from suet squares, cylinders, bark butter bits, this I know by mm -hmm. personal experience, <laughs> and bark butter. And they are able to cling onto feeders that are mesh. And you can also offer mealworms, this I know works, to attract them. These can be offered in a hanging feeder or sprinkled on the ground. Yes. One of my favorites too. Very yes. cute. All right. Our next one is the Curved Build Thrasher. Our second bird is also a common desert dweller, the curved-billed thrasher. Take a moment to find the bird as we play their call. Thrashers in general are mimickers, so the curved-billed thrasher might also sound like this.
The best way to ID them is to listen for the first call, which is much more distinctive of the curb-billed thrasher. These are a large songbird with long legs to help them run quickly along the ground and where they're often seen scratching to dig, dig up insects. They're mostly light brownish gray over the entire body with very indistinct spotting on the chest and down through the paler underbelly. That one's really hard for me to see. I generally don't see it, but I know that he's a curved-billed thrasher because of the nice curved yeah. bill. So the curved bill is longer and more curved in the male, while the female and a juvenile male will have a shorter, less curved bill. And everyone has a bright yellow eye. That looks at you. That looks at you. <laughs> totally is seeing you. Even if you're behind the glass window, it's looking at you. It stares you down. <laughs> One of the many thrashers living in North America, it can be found from West Texas through Southern New Mexico and Southern Arizona down through Mexico. It favors desert habitat in Choya, Mesquites, and Palo Verde, which sounds like my backyard, mm -hmm. and can also be found in suburban areas with densely planted vegetation. You can attract them to your yard by offering suet. Once again, we do recommend a no-melt dough because of the high temperatures found in their areas. They will also eat from the suet squares, the cylinder, bark butter bits, and bark butter. They are able to cling onto feeders, just like our cactus wren, that are kind of mesh. And you can also offer mealworms to attract them by sprinkling them on the ground. You can try a hanging feeder, but they really like them sprinkled yeah, on the ground do. a bit yeah. better because they're a slightly bigger bird and they really like to uh, dig in the dirt. They like their space too. They do like their space. So when you sprinkle them on the ground, sp spread out. Yeah, the spread it out. They don't. Otherwise, they fight. Yeah, and that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun to watch, but it's no fun for them. It's no so fun for them. We should not <laughs> set them up for 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 bad fighting. Yes. <laughs> Poor table manners. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so our next bird is the Gila woodpecker. One of my all of these are my favorites, but this is one of my favorites. So our third bird is the Gila woodpecker. And we're going to take a moment to find this bird in your guide as we play their call. The Gila woodpecker is a medium-sized woodpecker with a buff brown coloration on the head, neck, chest, and underbelly. Striking black and white striping goes down the back, uh, the back wings, and tail. And the adult male has a red cap on the crown of its of its head. It is found mainly in the lower half of Arizona down into Mexico, so it doesn't have as wide a range. Not as much, yeah. It favors low elevation deserts with woody plants large enough to supply good nesting sites such as the saguaro cactus and cottonwood trees. It, it can also be seen in suburban areas surround, surrounding by this uh, type of landscape. This is another bird you can attract to your yard by offering suet. Once again, we recommend no melt dough because of the high temperatures found in their area, and they love it. Yes. They will eat suet squares, cylinders, bark butter bits, and bark butter. They are able to cling onto feeders that are mesh. They will also come and drink out of hummingbird feeders because they have a sweet tooth. Mm -hmm. So um, offering an Oriole feeder with nectar in it will attract, will attract them and offer an alternative source of nectar to keep them away from your hummingbird feeder. Does it work, Kirsten? I do it, and it does work. It is not 100%, but it keeps them off about, I'd say, 90% of the time. Well, so that's, that's, I would consider that a success. I consider yes. that a win because it allows the hummingbirds to get some use at the hummingbird feeder, and then he occasionally comes to the, the hummingbird feeder as well. But they, uh, 
they actually end up sharing the Oriole feeder, the woodpecker and the hummingbirds. <laughs> and uh, so it works well for me. Okay. All right, and so Kirsten's got our next bird. All right, our fourth bird is a true favorite of the southwestern dwellers here in this area, the Gamble's quail. So flip through your guide right now to find this handsome ground bird while we play one of their calls. This bird has a gray back, wings and tail, rusty brown and white striping on the flanks, and both males and females carry the plume of black feathers on their head. The male has a black face and black patch on the underbelly. This quail is found from the tip of western Texas through the middle and southern portions of New Mexico, southern and western Arizona, southern Nevada, and southern Utah to a small portion of southeast California down into Mexico. So a bit wider of a spread. Mm -hmm. It favors shrubby desert where it can walk under cover of bushes such as jojoba and creosote. And they can be found in suburban areas that are surrounded by these shrubby environments. You can attract them to your yard by offering something called quail block or using loose seed in a feeder that contains a small amount of millet. So you'd have something like a tube feeder or a hopper feeder that allows some of that millet to fall on the ground. And they will also eat dried mealworms scattered on the ground as well. Huh, didn't know that. Yes, I've been trying that out at my house. And they are just like, it's like they come up and their little brains explode. And they're like, oh, <laughs> what are these? And they just scratch them up and they eat them. Well, and then they look around like, did I do something wrong? Is it supposed to be there? I was supposed to do that, right? But they get all excited. So I've been doing that this winter of uh, January 2022 just to kind of see what would happen. And they're like, whoo, they're like losing their little minds. Very cute. Yeah. Mealworms <laughs> are a great addition. They are really nice uh, protein. So our fifth bird is the lesser goldfinch. And this um, bird is small beloved resident of the Southwest, the lesser goldfinch. So I want you to take a moment to find this beautiful bird in your ID guide as we play their song. our smallest goldfinch with a shorter tail and larger beak compared to its size. The male will be a bright yellow, bright yellow on the chin, chest and belly and paler more muddy yellow on the back. They have a black cap that comes down to the eye and beak. Oh and the back of the head I'm sorry. Black wings with weak white, white wing bars and the female will be a duller yellow without a black cap and less less black on the wings. In the winter, males will be pale to look more like the female. And here in Arizona, we do have a permanent population that is an olive green. Yeah, just to, you know, mix it up. Right. <laughs> As opposed to the yellow color. We got to be different. 
They are found from West Texas across the Western states up to Oregon. I didn't know that either. Prefer more wooded areas with larger trees. Most often they travel in larger flocks, especially in the winter. Mm -hmm. We can attract them to, you can attract them to your yard by offering a finch feeder with Niger seed or a finch blend. It is best to place the feeder high because they like to perch where they can be, where they can easily see predators. Also planting neither native, ah, native plants <laughs> such as brittle bush, that seed in the fall will attract them. And Kirsten's got our last bird. Right. Okay. Our sixth bird takes us into the night with the nocturnal great horned owl. Look for this amazing hunter in your field guide as we play their call. <laughs> Now this call has both the male and female calling together. The male's voice is lower in octave than the female's voice. So this is an easily recognizable bird with its large feather tufts on the head, bright yellow eyes, white chin patch, and brown and white mottled striping on the rest of the body. This bird is found throughout North America from Southern Mexico to Northern Canada and Alaska and from the East Coast to the West Coast. They are attracted to forested areas with large trees they can roost in during the day, but can be seen hunting for mice and rats in suburban areas quite commonly. There's really no kind of food you can put out to attract these birds to your yard because they eat, um, bird, they're birds of prey, so they eat mainly small mammals. So I don't recommend you like getting a mouse or a rat or something and put it in your backyard to attract them. That would, that would be kind of gross and a little cruel. Um, and your neighbors might really think you've kind of lost your mind. But if you do have a tall, upright bird bath that is at least 14 inches in diameter, you might catch them taking a bath at night. Yes. 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 So that's very exciting. So hopefully you guys will be able to use these first six calls. Listen to it over and over again. Look at your picture. Listen to the call. And next time you guys go outside in your backyard or you take a hike, then hopefully you'll recognize these and it'll help you to begin birding by ear. Excellent. Bird song for cactus wren, curved-billed thrasher, gila woodpecker, and gambles quail, provided by Kirsten Gabizov. Bird song for lesser goldfinch and great horned owl, provided by Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Goldfinch, recorded by Paul Marvin, and great horned owl, recorded by Timothy Sparr. <laughs>